Hello and welcome to Starkcast. I'm Joe Stark, and I'm drunk as fuck tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, at least that's what I'm gonna blame these IT issues on. <laughs> <laughs> Starting to sound like it. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, tonight uh, this was supposed to be a group episode, but uh, it's it. We had some co-hosts drop out. They had some shit going on last minute, and uh, it's just me and Rod Clearbout. What is up, dude? We're finally getting this going. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it, it says it's still recording, so I'm gonna fucking go with it. All right, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just wait for that comment. Oh, it's not. It's not recording. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's a blessing in disguise that we didn't have the other people on. <laughs> they would have quit. <laughs> like, nope, we're out. <laughs> this is this is total bullshit. Who's not prepared? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I thought you would have had this down by now. <laughs> uh, okay, so... <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> okay, so the plan tonight was to talk Plastic, which is an image comic written by Doug Wagner, Daniel Hillard. Uh, art is by Daniel Hillard. Uh, colorist was Laura Martin. <laughs> and, <laughs> who's lettering this book? The letter is Dukeshire, and like like I was saying, it sounds like an old like medieval country because then you'd always hear someone come up and say, "I'm the York of Dukeshire." <laughs> <laughs> I've told this three times now. <laughs> it's tragically funnier to me every time. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Yeah, we're going to talk comics, and you might be thinking, what the fuck, man? Startcast, why are you suddenly talking comics on episodes? And it's like, you know what? It's because I fucking can. I read a lot of fucking comic books, and I want to talk about them. Uh, I'm still going to do regular episodes, so don't worry about it. And um, eventually, I'm going to get a bumper made, too. And, you know, if you want to skip comic episodes, that's fine. But, you know, stick around. If you're not a spoiler pussy, you'll get to hear about some really good books, because I'm not going to talk about shit that sucks fair amen yep (laughs) (laughs) we don't read shitty comics that's right (laughs) (laughs) or at least not for very long we might read an issue of one but we usually don't keep going with it it's true we do get sucked black cloud that's what i was just gonna say dude (laughs) it's like some of them just string you along you just keep reading with this like hope and you're like maybe it's gonna get better maybe i'm gonna have that issue where it's all gonna make sense if Southern Bastards wasn't so good, I don't think I'd keep. I would have been reading Black Cloud as long as I have. Yeah, I agree. So I'm just waiting. I was like, I know they can write something epic. They've already done it. Why? What's what's going on? <laughs> like, why have I read six issues and know nothing? <laughs> Can't even tell you what it's about. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but there's fuck this, that. There's this frog. <laughs> but fuck that. We're not going to talk Black Cloud. Thank God. <laughs> So, Plastic, um, let's see, it is, okay, so it's a guy and his girl, and they're driving around the country, uh, stopping at places for donuts, parking at places kind of out of the way, having sex in the car, going for more donuts, right? Sounds like a pretty idyllic life. Well, they kind of get caught up in some shit, the girl gets abducted, and the guy's got to do some shady shit to get her back. Uh, This sounds pretty straightforward, we've heard this story before. Uh, what sets plastic apart, Rod? What's the twist here? Yeah, like you said, it's the basic story. I mean, we've seen hundreds of movies done it. 
your girlfriend gets kidnapped and you have to go do some epic shit to get her back is basically what this is all about. Um, but okay, there's a little twist that uh, Edwin's love of his life, Virginia, is a sex doll. So <laughs> we got that going for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, that, that crazy twist is just slightly different than you would expect. Yeah, it's great. And um, I've listened to a couple of podcast interviews with Doug Wagner, and he said that that part of the sales pitch was where a lot of companies dipped out. I don't get it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until he pitched it to Image, and they were all about it, because, of course, Image is all about it. <laughs> yeah. They'll do anything. It's fucking great. And 95% of what they come up with is gold. Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> Um, so just looking at this one as a number one, what did you think of this? Oh, I thought it was a terrific number one. I mean, it's a mini series that's five issues. So, you know, it's got to kind of move quick and you get right into it right away. I mean, there's some fuck up, fucked up shit that happens early where, uh, I mean, Edward's kind of talking to himself in Virginia and, and then, um, his mom. And he mentions his mom. Yeah. He mentions her. We don't, we, we don't get to see her yet. So we, I just kind of figure he's talking about her in his head. And then uh, then he gets out of the gas station after he goes and picks up those donuts and stuff and just fucks up these kids that are talking shit to his uh, girlfriend and saying some pretty uh, raunchy things to her. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Like, I'm, I'm looking at the, the panels now. He kicks the one dude in the side of the knee, and you literally see, like, the bone breaking out of the skin. <laughs> then he, was he, has, he puts, like, a, a plastic bag over the one guy's head and swings it around and drills the other dude in the teeth. And then that dude that he had the plastic bag wrapped around, that's the one he shoves his uh his fucking cleaning brush down his throat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all pretty graphic. Right? It it's is- not quite it's not quite as gory as like nail biter, but it's it it shows you what's going on so you get a pretty good idea of what's happening. Yeah, it's an insane amount of hyperviolence. Yeah. And Edwin's crazy face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he flips the fuck out. And then it's like a, he almost gets to a point in his rage where he, like, catches himself. And then he goes back to being mild-mannered and weird and, like, a- apologizes for his behavior and then just c- tries to scoot out real quick, you know? Yeah. It's fucking very compelling character in his weirdness. Like, his interactions in the gas station with the attendant in there were fucking weird, too. Yeah, he has he, something's definitely off about him. I mean, clearly something's off about him if he's dating a, a sex doll. <laughs> <laughs> right? You just can't quite put your finger on it yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently he insanely overreacts when he sees people flirting with his plastic sex doll. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> and um it turns out that one of those kids is the son of like a local crime boss and so this guy, he flips the fuck out that someone did this to his kid. And so he sends his thugs out to go find the guy who did it. And did, did you notice that he punished his son for it then too and broke his son's arm with that fucking club? Or like it was implied that that was what was going to go down? Oh, is that what he did? Yeah. He told I didn't his son, realize he's that. Like, he says something like, Trey, come put your arm on the table. And he's like holding this club. Because he like said he tarnished the family name or something like that. I remember seeing the club in his hand, like that gold club, but I didn't realize he, uh, oh yeah, put your hand on the desk. No shit. Fucked up, dude. What a dick. 
right? So we, right away, the first time we meet fucking, what is his name, Thaddeus Bellevue or something like that? Yeah, some rich name. <laughs> and this whole thing takes place in Louisiana, so it's, you know, Louisiana name. It's the old money. Right. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, his guys go out and abduct our, um, our main character in Virginia, and... What do we we find out his name in the first issue? They're call, what are they calling him? They're calling him Victor. Uh, I think so. Yeah, but, right. the, but then every time his name's asked to him, he looks all fucking weird about it. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, yeah. So they abduct him, and he wakes up and he's like in this warehouse, and there's these two good and like Virginia's hanging up like in front of him, and like he's looking at these two thugs, and the one dude's looking up her dress. And he's like looking at him and he's saying eyes and the other dude's like licking and he's in a cop, you know, the other dude's a cop and he's licking Virginia's leg and he's saying tongue. And as he's looking around this warehouse, he's just like noticing things, you know, like there's a propeller over there and there's sun's coming in over there. That way's East. And, uh, it, it almost seems like he's on the spectrum the way he's like noticing things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I definitely could feel like you're saying like the, he's on the spectrum in some regard and, his personality is definitely a little different. And then, so we get Thaddeus come in and basically tells him that, uh, they looked up his ID and he's like an ex government agent of some sort that was like highly decorated and then just kind of fell off the map 10 years ago. And he wants use of that specific skill set, And if he does what he says, then he can have Virginia back and they can go about their merry way. And what did you think of that fucking reveal? I thought that was interesting. Then it made me think, okay, this dude definitely like ex-military forces, special forces or something. And the fact that he just goes from being like all this like highly decorated to all of a sudden just disappearing and basically just falling off the grid for 10 years. And then all of a sudden he's popped back up. Yeah. I mean, and then it kind of made sense the way he was able to take all those kids apart too. Yeah, because he fucked him up quick, <laughs> <laughs> and he did it like in, he did it like in quick strikes. It wasn't like it took him a lot to do it. Like he was he was able to use the one kid to ta- to basically knock out the other kid. His kicks his kick was one shot right in the knee. And he's out. He smashed the one dude's hand in one stroke. Out. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got fucking skills, and uh, bad guy wants to put these skills to work. And so he he gets knocked out and he wakes up in a car and there's a note on the front saying that if the family inside sees the sun the next day, Virginia won't. And that's a hell of a way to fucking wrap up a number one. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention that besides the fact that this comic is kind of gruesome, the covers for all of them, A covers and the B covers are fucking crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, the cool thing about the B covers, they're, each one is, uh, they're called the Deadheads, and each one is one of the people of the creative team. It's like an artistic rendition, rendition of their head in a bag with something scribbled on the bag, which is basically what Edwin, the, the main character, Victor at this point, uh, would have seen as like their sin. So this first one's Potty Mouth, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's Doug Wagner's head in the bag on the first one. Yeah, because on the inside cover of the first issue, it kind of puts their nickname, and the <laughs> and that's the nickname. Like that's the the whatever their nickname is is the name that's written across the plastic bag Excellent. on each of the covers. 
Yeah, I, I, I collected the A covers, but you have all the B covers, right? Yeah, I have all the B covers, and then on issue two, I have the A, and then I guess it's a C, because it's a black and white variant of basically the A cover. That's awesome. Yeah, Ty Purvis bought me my my copy of number one, and he actually had it signed by Doug Wagner, because he's oh, local in Ty's area. Yeah, um, one of the interviews that I had heard was um, Salt City Geeks, which is one of Ty's podcasts, and he actually interviewed Doug Wagner, who's excellent i highly recommend people to go look that up oh nice i'm gonna have to listen to that yeah doug wagner seems super cool like very chill to talk to i'd listened to another one at work earlier today i don't recall the name of that podcast but he was very (laughs) cool on that one too (laughs) nice and um so yeah jumping right into number two um you know we pick up right where it left off and it's like even more horrific because it's showing this family inside as the local sheriff. And so we see in basically a husband and a wife and a little kid all in bed together asleep. And Edwin's just kind of sitting in a chair off to the side, watching them. And so right away, you know, for me, it's like, okay, I got this character that I like I'm relating to, but Oh fuck. I don't want to see him do this. Yeah. Cause he's got a handsaw. He's getting ready to do some fucked up shit. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, I loved where it went from there. Uh, the conversation out in the car between Mr. Tibbs and LaCroix. Yeah. And, and our main character. <laughs> what did you think of that? Doesn't um, Mr. Tibbs kind of look like, what's his, it was that one movie that won an Oscar with Tommy Lee Jones is um, No Country for Old Men. Oh. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't this guy in the front seat kind of look like that actor? Yeah, is it Javier Bardem or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I probably soldered his name. <laughs> but kind of looks like him. <laughs> He's got a similar haircut, too. <laughs> yeah, basically just kind of looks like a muscle-bound hitman fucking gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, why are you wearing a suit? <laughs> you look fucking weird in that thing. Yeah. It's creepy, though, because it goes from, like, it, it gives you, like, a couple different, um, like, shots of him. He's basically just kind of talking about... How he's on the phone with someone saying he'll he'll let you know once uh, he's done with the job if he's not done soon, then I'll go in there and check on him. And the next thing you know, Warren just or Warren Edwin nah. just pop- <laughs> Edwin just fucking pops up in uh in the back seat after he sees um like a little plastic army cadet or whatever um in the rearview mirror. Yeah, <laughs> super <laughs> fucked up. I love it. They're naked lady army soldiers, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Made of plastic, of course. So, right. you know, of course our main character is going to be obsessed with them. And uh, I love how they pop up everywhere. And every time somebody sees one, they're more or less like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> and we come to find out that that's a harbinger of approaching doom. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> that's your clue that you're about to die. Yeah, yes. And so I love this conversation between Mr. Tibbs and Edwin and LaCroix. And so all of a sudden Edwin just appear like our main character. We come to find out his name's Edwin. Um, Edwin fi- is just kind of appears in the back seat. Mr. Tibbs is just going, what the fuck? And then they're having a conversation. We come to find out that Mr. Tibbs was hired by Thaddeus to kill Edwin and make it look like LaCroix, who is a town cop killed Edwin in the process and they more or less killed each other. And so LaCroix is a dead cop sitting in the passenger seat with a bullet hole through his head. Yeah. 
<laughs> what do you think of Lacroix? I love how Edwin refers to him. He's like, I thought it was just great how Edwin like referred to him. He's like, "Who's your friend?" And <laughs> and he's like, according to his name tag, he's Lacroix. And then Edwin seriously asks him, "Partner?" <laughs> and no, and that's, he's like, "No, oh, I guess you were serious, huh?" <laughs> yeah, that's and then like we get that whole interaction about the rest of uh, what the plan is. And then you learn to find out that he's a private contractor, not from around here. And neither is Edwin. And then you see the con- the contractor have the gun in his lap, like he's ready to shoot it. And then we turn the page, and Edwin's fucking cutting off this dude's head with that saw from the back seat. It's pretty graphic too. And Edwin it's fucking is glorious. He kind of looks like um, uh, what's his name? Vin- or, um, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, I could totally see Willem Dafoe playing Edwin he could, if this became a show. Yeah, he could play a show. Yeah, because he does have like a similar like facial expression and like just like facial um shape, like with the with the chin and the the cheekbones and stuff. Yeah, and I know he could definitely pull off that level of weirdness. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's a creepy dude. <laughs> Do you ever see the character he played in Boondock Saints? Yep. Yeah, I love oh, that movie. Fucking love glorious, dude. <laughs> when we get yeah, that first introduction to him in there and he puts on those headphones and he's kind of like almost like it's not classical music isn't it yeah and he's like doing like this weird little like kind of like moving shit. along to the music <laughs> as he's going down the alleyway <laughs> yeah and he's reenacting the whole fight that goes on and stuff uh, god i the haven't rope. seen that movie in fucking years i saw did you ever see the second one uh i heard that it was so bad it would make you like the first one less and so i never watched it yeah, I saw the second one in theaters. <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to be that bad. I went with one of my friends because they were the one that actually got me hooked on Boondock Saints because it was one of their favorites, and I had never seen it. And then I saw it, and then I heard it was the second one was coming out like a year later or something, so we saw it. And I mean, I was pretty drunk, so I don't remember a whole lot of the movie, but it was not good from what I remember. <laughs> it was like a random dream where Rocco shows back up. Oh, weird. Yeah, so they, was, like suffer from a little bit of sequelitis. Uh, kind of. I don't know. I, I had I had I hadn't watched the first one right before I watched, seen the second one. I haven't seen either of them in a while, so it's kind of hard for me to remember it completely now. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm gonna stick to my not watching it then. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I don't remember it being so good that I said I can remember seeing it. So <laughs> that tells you anything. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Real good. and um okay so where were there was uh lacroix and he's cutting off the dude's head (laughs) yes and he bags the head drops it like drags the body back to the trunk and then drops the head in lacroix's lap and uh so then they kind of take off in search of a he, he starts talking to lacroix so basically the cool thing about edwin is that whether it's Virginia or his mother or LaCroix, all these people that can't talk back to him, like he has these full conversations with them. And yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's one of those things about his character where it's like, does he realize he's totally crazy or in his head? Is he really hearing responses back from him? Yeah. Because the way you read the dialogue, it seems like he's really hearing resp- – as far as he's concerned, he's really hearing responses back from him. 
Yeah, or it's like, yeah, because it was such an interesting way because when I'm reading it too, I'm reading it and I'm also thinking that I, I wonder if he's so smart, even though he's so crazy, like he knows the answer already, but he wants to have it like explained out. And since he doesn't have anyone to talk to about it, he makes up these these individuals so he can kind of explain how he came to his answers. Yeah, it's almost like he's uncomfortable with an inner monologue and so he has to put it and project it onto things around him yeah Hmm. yeah that's pretty cool yeah it's super interesting how how he does it though like how he's having this whole conversation with LaCroix where he's acting like he's responding to him and then responding to his thought up responses in his head and then like he just kind of works through he figured out where this place was that he was trapped or he's kind of like he's working out like what what do they got to do next yeah yeah and and I love that he's stoked that LaCroix, who's an officer of the law, is willing to help him find Virginia. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I love how they go I love how they go the one place that's called the buttered waffle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That'd be a great name. Yeah, Doug Wagner came up with some good names in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I liked that little flashback that we had. We're, or not like a flashback, but we we get um, to see Thaddeus finding out that um, you know Edwin is not Victor, and Thomas, who was the the cop that was under his employee, the dude who had licked Virginia's leg, was telling him, you know, hey, I told you we should have waited on the prince. You know, don't jump to conclusions here. And then th- then Thomas is told that he's pretty much the sheriff now that the other sheriff is out of the picture. Yeah. Yeah, he's super pissed off with him, and Thaddeus is just as upset going back at him. And he's like, "Hey, dude, you need to calm down. Like, we didn't, we weren't a hundred percent sure this was who you thought it was to begin with." And then you get other panels of Edwin going around to the town asking about all these different things that he remembered from his location, trying to figure out where it is. And he goes to like the buttered waffle. He goes to a mind reader's place, asking stuff. He goes to a, a lounge. Then he's out back in an alley of a place. Then he's at a gas station. The dude at the gas station is the one who knows it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just six miles down the road on the left. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, he's able to find that warehouse where he was originally, you know, taken or abducted and taken to. Yeah, and he found donuts. Yep. And so he goes <laughs> to a local donut shop and goes inside. And the, the, the interaction that he has with the clerk in there is weird. Yeah, it was. It was like she was kind of all about, like she was kind of like flirting with him pretty hard. It seemed like. Yeah. Do you think that like he really thought was like, oh my god, this girl looks like Virginia? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Which is a little like, hey, don't shop lady. You kind of look like my fuck doll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking creepy. <laughs> and I, I love donuts, and the fact that you love donuts too. <laughs> And um, I like how he gets excited that um, he can take as many of the plastic sporks as he wants with him. Right. You get super excited. <laughs> she's, she's like, take as many as you like. And he says, really? With a big grin on his face. Yeah. I mean, Edwin has got a serious plastic kink. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he literally took out like all of them. Yeah. That's just, like, <laughs> worse, right? <laughs> right I guess, yeah. I guess there's worse things that than plastic. I mean. 
<laughs> Let's not go into it because there's no. definitely tons of them. <laughs> <laughs> no need to speculate. <laughs> yeah. It's just going to ruin my, my night dreams. <laughs> it made me think of that old George Carlin bit where <laughs> he's like, maybe your thing is getting fucked in the ass by a game warden. <laughs> He's like, I'm not here to judge. <laughs> not here to judge. <laughs> I think George Carlin was the king of fucking weird ass non sequiturs. <laughs> but um so yeah, he's kinda hanging outside and then we see the new sheriff, Sheriff Thomas, roll in. And dude, Sheriff Thomas is Sheriff fucking creep. Yeah. Yeah, he's got he's super fucking creepy. I mean he comes in there. I mean, he goes in there a lot because she knows what he normally wants. And now he's got a complex to him because he's now the sheriff. So now he's talking extremely dirty to the – what's her name in this? Did we get her name yet? Uh, Jenny? I'm, sh- I'm sure it gave – yeah, maybe that was it. Jenny, was yeah. It? Jenny, I think's her name. And he's just like saying like how great her ass looks and like I should get a taste now that I'm the sheriff. And no one else is here, so all this crazy is getting super aggressive with her. And then she basically says no, and he walks out and calls her a cunt. Yeah. He's like Harvey Weinstein with a badge. Yeah. It's fucking gross. Or Josh Radner. Yeah. <laughs> and um looks more like Radner. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way this issue closes out with um he gets in the his patrol car and he sees that little army figurine. And he tosses it out, and then we see the trunk of the cop car open up, and Edwin's hand reach out and grab it off the ground. Right, super creepy. <laughs> so awesome. It's great. Yeah, now we've learned that basically every time you see a little army, little naked army lady, that something crazy is about to happen, and then you see it on his car when he walks back out. Next thing you know, he's thrown it away. So like the way they ended this issue is perfect because now you see that he's hidden in his trunk. So Edwin's about to fuck him up. I like how they do sneak peeks too at the beginning of the end of each one to the next issue. Yeah. And then they show you the A and B covers on both the upcoming issue, which I like too. Yeah. Yeah. They, there's a lot of bonus stuff at the ends of these in the individual books. I think he threw a lot of that sort of stuff in, in the vo- first volume of the trade as well. Like I think there's like pages from the script and everything. Oh, nice. I've been meaning to pick it up. I haven't gotten it yet. Um, you know, Image number ones are usually nine ninety nine. I think this one's like fifteen ninety nine or something like that. It's pretty expensive for an image number one. I wonder if it may, might be like a hardcover one then. No, this was for the paperback one. I was going to get it at um, Barnes and Noble one day where they had the image books. Or no, nah, it was different ones that were, but you know, occasionally Barnes yeah, and like Noble buy two get two. one free. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, well, fuck. I kind of really want to get this. You know, I really want to get plastic and I really want to get God Country. And they were both more expensive than the nine ninety nine. So I was like, well, fuck Barnes and Noble. I'll get these on Amazon and get them cheaper. Is the, the God Country come out with a hardbound one? If it hasn't yet, it certainly will because that's a fucking phenomenal book. That's the one I'm going to wait for is the hardbound version. I love having like hardcover trades sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I got that murder edition of Nailbiter. And yeah, you then, told me. Oh, man. Oh, the second one's coming out in, I think, mid-March. Oh, they're doing two of them? Fuck yeah. I'll get well, them both. I'm, I, get, I guarantee you then they'll do a third one, too, so you can have the whole Nailbiter series in three hardbound volumes. 
Oh, that'd be sweet. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. I get it. (laughs) But, um, okay, yeah, plastic. So... (laughs) (laughs) Duke Shire. Dude... Best goddamn letter in the business. Comic Sans, baby. That's his nickname. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's like the joke font, right? I like think so. If you use people will talk it's shit like, on you. I think Comic Sans might be. I know there's something Sans that looks like fucking hieroglyphic, like alien looking shit. Might be Comic Sans. No, Comic Sans is just kind of like, it's like. Is it all symbols and stuff? No, no. You're thinking like wingdings. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Comic Tom Sans, Bo- Wingdings, they sound alike, right? I started thinking Tommy Boy. But Tommy what wingy. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy like Helen. Tommy like wingy. <laughs> um so number three starts off with Sheriff Creeper going down the road and he finds a hitchhiker. And he picks her up, and there is nothing good in store for this gal. Nah, she fucked. Yeah. It ends up being Jenny from the the donut shop, and he lets her in. No, this, it, it wasn't Jenny from the donut shop. This is a different one. This is a different oh, gal. is it? Oh, I, God damn, I can't believe that. I, <laughs> this whole comic thing was the same person from the donut shop. It's <laughs> <laughs> a different girl. Totally, totally changes the story now. <laughs> Rod's learning as we go. This is mind blowing now that I think about it. So this character's name is Gwen. That's right. Gwen Stacy. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so what happens once she gets in the car? Uh she closes the door and she sees some like handprints on the on the front window, which is kind of creepy. She's right. like, uh, yeah, about that. And then he offers her some donuts. Of course, she takes one. She hasn't ate since this morning. And he starts saying, like, um, well, what's he say? He's like, I bet that's not the only thing you like to stuff in your mouth. And then yeah, she's he like, picks her up because, like, you hang a tasty rack like that out. Of course, I'm going to stop. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't even- the fact that she even got in the car when he said that, like she didn't try to get out of the car right when he said that was kind of surprised me. <laughs> and then well, should hear that from a fucking cop too. Yeah. And every, anytime someone calls him officer, he's like, sheriff. <laughs> he's that asshole. It's like when you, if you call someone mister and they're really a doctor and they keep correcting you. <laughs> like, Bill Cosby would do that shit. I had heard like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a doctor of comedy. <laughs> It's like you're an asshole and a rapist. Yeah. <laughs> Just like fucking Sheriff Thomas. <laughs> yeah, so he punches her in the face, and the next thing you know, let's go out for a couple panels, and then it comes to, and he's basically taking off her clothes. He has her handcuffed to the car, inside the car, and he's ripping her clothes off. And next thing you know, you see the little arm, naked army lady get outside on the window, on the edge of the window, and he notices, and he says, well, what the... And we get good old Edwin throwing a plastic bag over his face. And what does he do next? Brutal attack to date. Yeah. He's fucking stabbing him in the fucking face with a spork and eventually rips his fucking tongue out. And we see the fucking tongue lying on the dash with a plastic spork sticking out of it. 
Yeah, and the, before the comic hadn't gotten crazy graphic yet, but now it got pretty super graphic because now we're getting it kind of from an overhead view of Gwen who is handcuffed, her shirt's been ripped open, so she has her bra sticking out. And next thing you know, you hear like gargles and stuff, and all of a sudden you see spews of huge puddles of blood flowing on top of her. And she's just like crying, freaking out. She has no clue what the hell's going on. She's seeing all this happen in front of her. And then the end result is, yeah, that, that tongue just stuck on the spork, stuck against the dash, and you hear it get splat. <laughs> it's so graphic. It's so fucking hyper-violent. Yeah, and then Edwin's trying to type on the laptop that he's all covered in blood, and he can't seem to do it. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And he's, like, yeah. talking to him, so he's like, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then Gwen ends up offering, and he... Uh, he gets the handcuffs off of her and he kind of does it like in a way like where she, you could tell like she was still freaked out, but even though he was like over the top of her, he's like, I'm sorry about this. And all the blood that's all over her and stuff. He's just simply very calm and kind with her. Yeah. He's very kind with her. And, uh, yeah, she like responds well to it. She's basically like, you know, who are we looking up? I can help you. Yeah, she's like super calm for what just happened. <laughs> right? I mean, she processed it really well. But I mean, quite honestly, if, if something like that like would be, potentially be one of the most horrible things that could happen to a person, and before it can fully happen, you see that attacker get violently killed in a way that, you know, moments before you were only hoping that you were capable of doing to that person to stop them, you know, from committing this atrocious act on you. So... In a way, I mean, Edwin was almost like a, like, swooped in and answered her fucking prayers. Yeah. Dude, I have no fucking clue how I would react if I was in a situation like that. Like, think about that really happened in real life. You're handcuffed to a fucking inside of a cop car and you're about to get raped. And then next thing you know, you see some dude come out of nowhere and stick a fucking spork in a guy's mouth and rip out his tongue. Yeah. Like, brutally murder the fucking would-be rapist and then be really nice and calm and polite to you. Yeah, like, it's no big deal. I would have been like, what? I don't know. I, I feel like I'd be in shock. I'm yeah. pretty sure I'd be in shock, but, uh... <laughs> Did you notice that her sign off to the side? Because she was hitchhiking on the side of the road when the sheriff picked her up, and her sign said, anywhere but here. So, I mean, clearly she's escaping from... You know, wherever she was coming from was not good either. And then here was something else horrific about to happen to her. And then even though she witnesses something fucking terrible, it was an an act of kindness that followed it. And so she latched on to that act of kindness. Yeah, it's like the first time she'd seen it. Yeah. And so right away, like Gwen feels like a very interesting character to me because it's like, how could you see all this and then just be like, you know, latch onto this character. Cause like she immediately just saw past all the insanity and the violence and was just immediately latched onto the, but there's kindness there too. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, um, so yeah, we get back over to, uh, Thad and he's meeting with the police and, or wait a minute. No, no, no. I totally skipped past one of the best parts of the issue. <laughs> Right? Seriously. Dad's at home, and all of a sudden his son is pointing out the window telling him, you know, hey, you got to see this. And the fucking cop car is outside with the sheriff's head in a bag. And what's it say on the bag? Liquor? I think so, yeah. And it says, return Virginia, please. What the fuck did he... What are those... Uh, 
like thing like things that are dotting like the eye. Those donuts. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. There was a box of donuts in the car. <laughs> I wonder. So did you spell that out with blood or with the jelly? No, there's no, there's no way there was no fucking jelly donuts <laughs> to spill that out. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I like that he's he's uh, asked politely though. He's writing a message in blood and he's saying please, please. Yeah, he's being very very uh, proper. <laughs> he's good man. He has good manners. And uh, so yeah, then we get Thad meeting with the police, and I mean this guy's an evil motherfucker, but he pretty much owns the local police. Like he goes in there with that fucking cop's head in the bag and tosses it on the fucking table. He's like, I want information. And, you know, we get the one younger cop that kind of remembered that, you know, hey, this was, you know, kind of matches up with like an M.O. of a serial killer that went off the grid. Like, what do he say, like 10 years ago or something? Yeah. Yeah, that was super interesting. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so he might not be, you know, he's obviously not this ex-government spook that we were potentially led to believe in the first issue. But now it might be something even fucking weirder. Which definitely yeah. matches up with what we've seen because I think that first time he put a head in a bag, didn't he say something like, "Oh, it's been a long time since we did this." Yep. Yeah, and I mean it, and it makes me think too that maybe he was like he might have been ex-military that got like dishonorably discharged or something, or he tried to go into the military and he wasn't allowed because he didn't pass a psyche eval, and he had all the because he has all these skills. Clearly, I mean, usually like a serial killer that doesn't have any type of usually isn't doing the things that he's doing without some type of combat training of some sort. Yeah. Cause he's doing shit with such precision with like a fucking spork. He's going like Jason Bourne on their asses. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then do we get that at the end of that issue? We get, uh, the, that big boss telling, the the other henchman of his that was there at the warehouse that he needs to get away because that's who he's after. Yeah, he basically says now, you're next. Yeah, and I don't want you anywhere near me. Yep. And so issue four opens up with, with them, this dude basically at his house, and he's got a bunch of his friends over, and they're playing poker. And so just kind of trying to be a big group to so where if Edwin comes after him, you know, it'll be five on one or whatever. Yep. Yeah, but it don't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter, dude. What did you think of that? It was fucking cool because, like, this is such a like we're we're talking through this, but this is such a fast paced comic. I mean, some of them, oh, yeah, it's only five issues, but I mean, like, it does. It's always an interesting. It's like it's, since it's so hyper violent, like you just know something's gonna come with almost every few pages of how crazy Edwin is and stuff, and he's getting all his revenge on all these people. Um, but like getting that interaction back and forth with the dudes playing poker was good. And then of course the lights go out, you make a dude go down and check it. And of course he's going to the, the fuse box and he finds one of those, uh, sexy army girls plastic. And next thing you know, Edwin pops up under from under a sheet and just, what does he stick through him? I can't tell. I couldn't tell either. And I had looked at that a bunch. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, you can't, I can't tell uh-uh. i'm trying to look to like what's that very last like the last panel well, he says explosive plastic yeah i know oh, there's like a bunch of sim tags down there like plastic explosive yeah, he gets what, excited when he, when he reads that yeah 
Yeah, I can't tell like what's sticking out of the guy because you can see something sticking out of his stomach. Yeah, I'm not sure. But you just can't tell what it is. It's almost like he stuck it in and dragged it down. Or that's just the, yeah. Because why wouldn't you do that, right? Right. Either way, <laughs> this dude's dead. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then it goes like right into like uh, fucking the head flying through the window. And it says potty mouth on it. Yeah. It lands in the one dude's lap. He's like, holy shit. And then it's basically just a fucking all out war with the rest of these dudes with their guns and Edwin who just fucking comes through and kills kills all of the others. And it's crazy because we get the big dude. What's his name? Thomas? No, this isn't Thomas. This is the other guy. I think this is Jim. Yeah, he fucking looks like Wolverine. Yeah, and, he's being a real <laughs> pussy too. Yeah, he's fucking like tied down to the bed but uh, or tied down to the table that they were playing poker on. And then you see all these different heads and plastic for the rest of the guys and all with nicknames on them. The one says Bigot. The one says Potty Mouth. Um, you can't see what the other two are. <laughs> but it's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think if I were to rate these like individually between the five issues, this one would probably be my favorite as just like a standalone issue. Just because of what he managed to accomplish in this with going into this fucking house and taking out that many fucking guys. I mean, the violence is just way amped up in this one. And we got fucking Jim here groveling for his life. And then Edwin's kind of like, all right, well, I guess I'll just have to take your eyes then. Because he was the one who fucking looked up Virginia's skirt. Yeah, he was asking about Virginia, saying, did you do anything? Did you touch her or anything like that? And the dude's like crying, saying, no, I didn't do anything except move her when he told me to move her. (laughs) And it's like, well, but you did look up her skirt, so I guess you'll just have to lose your eyes then. And uh, he's like, you hold this over a fucking doll? And that's when Edwin really loses his shit. Yeah. He like gets... Virginia being called a doll. No, not at all. He fucking stabs out the dude's eyes with his plastic sporks. Yeah. <laughs> and then Gwen walks in and sees him like this and he, he apologizes for it. And then she's like, no, no, I understand. It really breaks down. And then, Vir- and then Gwen kind of like, you know, connects with him over it. And he's like, you know, these people wronged you. And I understand that, you know, that this is, this is the revenge that you have to take on him. And and like, he's horrified because, well, he's horrified with his own behavior because basically this is the way he was before he met Virginia and Virginia, him falling in love with Virginia helped him to quell these urges. And he's saying that, you know, Virginia wouldn't approve of him doing this. And Gwen's saying, you know, well, you have to do this if you want to get her back. And so on the one hand, it's like, you're enabling this guy <laughs> to like have crazy fucking revenge here. Yeah. But it's also kind of sweet to see that Edwin has somebody with him that's going to, you know, see things from his point of view. Because, I mean, even as the reader, you have a hard time. I mean, you have an easy time empathizing with him, but you have a hard time relating with him. Yeah, you can't. I can't relate with him at all. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, I don't know what you got to be going through to do the shit that he's doing, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, if it were a real person, but I mean, it just goes to show that that's part of Edwin's psychosis is that to him, Virginia is a real person. Yeah. And it's just because of the reader's, you know, hopefully somewhat normal perspective <laughs> that makes the twist work. <laughs> yeah, I'd be kind of worried if uh, someone reads this and they totally relate to war- to Edwin a little bit. 
I'd be like, uh, I don't want to meet that guy. (laughs) What's your apartment smell like? Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's basically, it would smell like the aftermath of that, uh, jelly wrestling match from old school. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so yeah, Gwen basically, you know, vows to still help him out. And, we get this really cool scene of him sneaking in and abducting Trey, uh, Thaddeus's son. And I love that sequence of panels. It really showed that, I mean, fucking Edwin can be kind of creepy sneaky when he wants to be right. Oh yeah. Yeah. He just fucking came out of, he just comes out of nowhere. You see, uh, Trey, was it Troy? Trey. Trey. Trey's kind of walking into his room, goes nightstand, grabs his gun and you're getting like these cut cut back and forth panels where you basically see the cops going to the same places that Edwin was at trying to get more question or get more answers from um, these people about him. And the next thing you know, Trey's kind of like at, like cocking in the gun and everything, kind of getting ready for whatever he's about to do. And then just out of nowhere, from one panel, you see the bloody shirt of Edwin. And then next panel, everyone's just disappeared from the room. And it's crazy. Awesome. Yeah. And I liked also when those cops were going around shaking down the different places around town, they were getting flack. Yeah. Like, like people respected him. Yeah. Like in Thaddeus isn't, is kind of losing his grip on the town. And, uh, this is kind of going backwards, but I might've been in this first or second issue. It's kind of alluded that Thaddeus had murdered his wife and she had like attacked him and he's got a scar it's in his ha- it's in his hairline and it's going across his his mouth also and so I'm thinking that she attacked him with a knife or something and either him or his bodyguards killed her and so that's, oh yeah yeah so that's part of like the tension between him and his son as well yeah I can see it now it's like across his lip and then the top portion of his head yeah so I mean she probably, she probably caught him with, yeah like you said like a knife or a blade of some sort something like that so I mean it all goes to show that you know this this Thaddeus guy is a a real fucking prick yeah he's a piece of work and you know you can say the same thing for every one of the characters that we've seen in this in this series every single character that suffered a horrible brutal death was not a likable person yeah like they all had it coming to them that was for sure like you never felt like oh they didn't deserve that yeah it's it's very much kind of like dexter in that way yep um, did you ever watch that? I think I watched the first two seasons was all. I think I watched like a handful of episodes or like maybe like two or three episodes, but the episodes that I watched were like late in the series where there's kind of a twist that happens. Okay. And so like, I don't, I mean, I don't even remember like what the big, I can't remember it now what it was exactly. I think it's like when a, a certain character in the show gets killed hmm. and it's like, I saw the episode like right after it or something. Cause my friend was into it. I had no clue what it was. Yeah, I, I heard that show went way garbage the further further it went into the seasons. Yeah, because it went like eight, didn't it? Something crazy like that, yeah. Yeah, I feel like the sweet spot's like five. Five, maybe six, depending on the show. Yeah. I think it's on Netflix, but I've just never caught up with it. Ah, well, better shit from Image Comics. Right. Maybe <laughs> they'll make those in the show soon. Yeah, if they knew what the fuck they were doing, they would, right? Seriously, start our own production company. <laughs> Call it Image Productions. 
<laughs> I think image going to sue somebody. <laughs> I'm surprised like McFarlane hasn't thought about trying to make more of these movies or these comics into movies. I think he's too wrapped up with wanting to make fucking spawn into a movie with $10 million. Yeah, but he can make so many better movies or shows with $10 million from image than fucking spawn. I mean, spawn's cool, but it's like one of those things where it's kind of like, it should be left to the comic. I tend to agree with you. Um, I'd like, I'm, I'm morbidly curious to see what he's going to come up with because the budget on that just sounds astoundingly small, but I've, I've heard some good ideas bandied about on different podcasts on how it could be done as well. So I am cautiously optimistic, but I think that, that your idea is the better moneymaker, like tap into some of these other things. But then again, I mean, image doesn't own these Image has only published them. And so it's all creator owned stuff. So maybe, uh, yeah. You know, McFarlane really wouldn't have much to do with it unless it's something that he owns, which would be Spawn, right? Yeah, that's true. But I feel like he could still kind of like ask these writers, like, "Hey, how did you feel about maybe if we pitch an idea to a studio and we like kind of come up with what our what our share should be like for doing the pitches for you?" Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that out of all the different comic companies, Image probably has the greatest wealth of original stories that could be turned into extremely successful TV shows on like stars, HBO, Netflix, you know, places where they can really break the rules and, and give you like good hard R rated stuff. Because I mean, I mean really a lot of image comics are hard R's. Yeah. They're very dark or not necessarily (laughs) dark, but they're very either violent or sexual or graphic in that respect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's certainly not all of them, but I mean, a lot of the really good ones that I've read, and maybe that's just because that, maybe that's my own fucking twist that I read fucked up comics. Yeah, it'd even be cool too <laughs> if, like, even if they didn't want to do like live action ones, like even if they did like animated movies for some of these, would be kind of fucking crazy too. It would be cool to see. I mean, you know, like, I've enjoyed the shit out of a lot of DC animated stuff, and maybe one Marvel animated one. Yeah, because like one or two. Because like, I don't care if it's if it's an exact, um, like basically replica of the anim- like if an anime movie is almost like a, a a panel for panel just live creatment of of the comic. Because I mean that's still cool to see. Like it'd be cool to see like who they would get for voice acting some of these characters and if they could pull in big names. And then it'd be cool to like get to see something like that and then go back and read the comic again. Now having actual voices kind of put to these characters. Could you imagine actually seeing this, like in stylized <laughs> animation, with the amount of fucking blood during the kill scenes and stuff? That'd be crazy. <laughs> That'd be cool um, though. He was saying in the interview I I listened today. I think on when the artist was like drawing one of the kill scenes, it was making him dry heave. Ooh, <laughs> he has a weak stomach. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's like, dude, if you're making the artist fucking puke, holy shit, like the artist is like making himself sick drawing this. It's like, yeah, it's some fucked up stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love the way that this penultimate issue closes out also with this deal that um, Edwin has got, Edwin has got Trey in this warehouse, basically bound up with plastic and hanging from the ceiling, much like Virginia was hanging from the ceiling. And he's standing there, and he's got a detonator. And so he's got this place rigged with the Simtex. And, yeah, Thaddeus needs to trade Virginia for his son. 
Yeah, like, yep. cuts you, right out. Yeah, what do you think of his plan there? Uh, it's fucking genius, and you know that there's going to be some crazy twist or change that happens because everything there's always been something crazy that's happened in each, each of these previous four issues. So you're just interested, and you know it's going to be fucking graphic, whatever happens. So you just can't wait to get to read it. Yes. And yeah, that last issue, number five, does not disappoint. I mean, it starts off right away. As soon as Thaddeus gets the sun back, he double crosses Edwin and basically has a bunch of guys come into the room. And he's like, you know, hey, I respect you, but, you know, I've got to kill you. You did this to my son. And but Edwin had plans of his own. And Gwen was like in a in a boat underneath this. um, So this warehouse was kind of like it was almost like a boathouse. It was over water. So it's on stilts. And uh, Gwen's underneath it in a rowboat, and she lights the floor on fire, and that separates, you know, Edwin from from all these goons. And there's a bunch of gunfire, and Virginia gets shot right through the middle, and then the bullet goes through Edwin's middle also, so they both get shot with the same bullet. And, um, you know, we all know it happens if you shoot a fucking blow-up doll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's going extrapolate down. That. It, it's going to get, it's going to flatten out pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little symbiotic that they both got fucking shot or some, you know, symbolic that they both got shot with that same bullet. Right. Yeah. And because Edwin really doesn't want to live without her. And <laughs> I'm just looking at it. It's funny because it's going through him. It says like Thack and it's going through the squee. <laughs> <laughs> I know the sound effects they put in this were great. Great. Like the air's just coming out. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they really add in a lot of those sound effects also in the fight scenes, and they're fucking gross. <laughs> Very oh, yeah. descriptive. Yep. And, um,. So yeah, she's able. Uh, Gwen's able to get him into the boat. They kind of get away in time, and she blows. She's got the real detonator, and she blows it up. And um, you know, Thaddeus and all his goons are able to get away. And Edwin's, what they kind of go to like a park, right? And that's where they kind of say their goodbyes. Like he he can't involve her in what's going to come next. And she's genuinely sad to leave him. And she says some really nice stuff, like. You know, he was like really the only person in the world that's ever shown her kindness and everything. So, I mean, God, what a tragic life she's got. Yeah. Yeah, super, super tragic. And then it's crazy because like this whole time, like whenever he said like he always like in this comic is saying that mother, she rises with the sun and sets with the uh, was she she rises with the sun. How does he word it? I'm trying to think. She's like saying she rises like, and falls with the sun, basically. Yeah, that's what <laughs> so it is. So it's like if the sun's up, mother's up. If the sun's down, mother's asleep. Yeah, so like this whole time in this comic, when he says like mother every time, he usually also has one of those little plastic army figures. So I always thought that was his mother. Same here. And then towards the end of this issue, he's kind of leaving LaCroix on the bench and he's saying like goodbye, mother. Um, I gotta leave you here. This is too dangerous. And yeah, Lacroix's so, been riding shotgun through this whole time. <laughs> <This> dead <laughs> with, cop with a bullet with through his head, and he's getting more and more gray. <laughs> yeah, and so like this whole time, like I'm thinking Warren or fuck, not Warren, Edwin uh-huh. is is uh um talking about he's gonna leave like a little one of those um women army figures, and then he gets something out of the trunk and he sets it down next to him and you get a shot of mom in a plastic bag 
with a decap like a de- another decapitated head, but it's been so decomposed it's just a skull at this point. God, so he's so he had his mom's gross. yeah he had his mom's head in the trunk the whole time. So when he was talking with the mom with, about his mother, he really probably was talking about the head the whole time, even though we were thinking the army guy. Yeah. Yeah, and so he leaves LaCroix on the bench with his mom, and he's like, LaCroix, maybe you make my mom an honest woman. Yeah, and then they both just blow away. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's kind of weird that we get to see that moment between Thaddeus and his son. And it's it's almost like we're we're getting, like, the tiniest little spark maybe of redemption, where all of a sudden Thaddeus is, like, having this moment where he's like, wait, this is no way to treat my son. Like I've terrorized you your whole life. I'm a real piece of shit. And it's like, it's almost like he's about to tell his son that he loves him. And then we turn the page and we get this awesome double page splash. Yeah. It's fucking <laughs> nuts. <laughs> What's going down there, dude. So like, it's, it's like, two, it's basically like kind of like one huge panel is covering the whole two, like the whole two pages, but then you kind of have a, uh, maybe like a third panel that goes between the two pages laid on top of it. And you in that you see um, Edwin and Virginia crashing, like flying through this car. I don't know where the fuck he ramped it from, but he's <laughs> launched it into the, the house, into the room that um, Thaddeus and Trey are in. And he just says, oh shit. And you just see Edwin crazy face. And next thing you know, the bottom half of that big panel is an explosion. You see the house blowing up and you see Virginia's head flying off the one side of the page and it's melting. It's fucking crazy. And you see a toothbrush. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was one of the army dolls heads. Cause it was like all green, right? Oh yeah. You're right. You're right. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. There was a toaster. It looks like a toaster flew out too. Awesome. <laughs> I didn't even notice the toaster. <laughs> That's fucking totally random. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we get fucking kamikaze attack there at the end. Yep. Yeah, Edwin does not fuck around. It's crazy, too, how this comic ends, which is awesome, I thought. I loved the fucking ending. Yeah, so... like, so, after, Yeah, go ahead, know, man. Yeah, like, so after the explosion, the next page is you see LaCroix and his mom's head sitting on that bench. And then the next panel, it's, like, a piece of debris with fire hits his head. And then you see more like newspaper with fire kind of tipping him over from the explosion. Cause the house had to be nearby and they both, you see newspapers kind of flying up in the air and you see LaCroix and his mom's skull fall off. Then LaCroix's face falls on top of her face. And then the newspaper falls on top of them. And you see down this newspaper, it says sheriff and family found alive. So that the, that family that we thought he killed at the beginning of the second issue, he really didn't kill. Yeah, so he really did only take out fucking people who had it coming. Yeah, god damn it, so good. And then, you <laughs> see, yeah, and then you see Gwen, she's hitchhiking to New Orleans, and this person that picks her up in this one is um, a female, and she says she's going about halfway to New Orleans, and she's like, I'm glad finally someone came along that I could talk to. And so she introduces herself as Maggie, and instead of introducing herself as Gwen, who does she introduce herself as? She says, hi, my name's Virginia. Yep. And it, and it wraps up there. The end with a dead rat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking road killed rat in the road. Dude, what, what a fucking brilliant ending. 
Yeah, what a sweet ass little like just cool story to tell. I like where would it go from here? Because he said in one of he said in the interview that he did on Ty's podcast that he's contracted with three more books for Image in 2018, and one of them is a continuation of Plastic. How? What the fuck? Yeah, I wonder how he's going to go with it. Maybe that maybe they're going to follow her to New Orleans, and then she's going to come across another kind of crazy person that's like Edward esque. Or did a little bit of Edwin rub off on her? Maybe. That'd even be crazier if she went fucking psycho and started, like, killing people and shit and started using the little plastic figures. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she's got her own little plastic fi- uh, fixation now. Well, it could be, yeah. She'll go to a new town. She'll get, start getting hit on by dudes and just not fucking handle it. Like, she'll just fucking kill them. <laughs> yeah. She won't take it from them anymore. She'll just start fucking them up. Uh, do you think it could be a, a prequel? story of some sort maybe it'd be like another mini series that would be kind of interesting yeah if it wasn't necessarily a sequel to this first run but it's almost or or it is but it's it it is like it flashes back to before somehow it flashes back to beforehand and then kind of like syncs up to the present or something for the third art for like the third story if he does three of them or if he just does the two yeah I don't know. I can't wait to see what he's going to do, though. I mean... Well, is he continuing the Hard Place? No, Hard Place was just a five-issue miniseries as well. Okay. I um, need to finish that. And that I was just about to bring up the Hard Place. I was going to say, so far, Doug Wagner hasn't steered me wrong. I've read two of his miniseries, and they were both spectacular. Yeah, he advertises it hard, too, in the back of these cover, in the back of these issues, because that's how I started first reading it, is I saw, I think maybe after the second issue or something... Um, that it was going to be coming out. So I, I checked it out because I love plastic and mm-hmm. I, I didn't ever get, I, I read, I think the first couple issues of it and I just never got back to it. I bought the first issue. I just didn't keep, I just forgot to keep getting it. I knew it was good from what I remember. Yeah. Oh, it's dude. It's, it's excellent. You'll love it. It has a good ending too. You'll dig it. Um, if you don't want to pick up the individual issues, you can, um, you know, the trade ought to be coming out. Yeah, in yeah, that's what I saw because it because it just yeah it just finished like last month or so didn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's usually like about a month after is when the trades usually come out. Yeah, so you know I I trust what Doug Wagner's going to do. Um, has he written anything else besides these two? I'm sure he has, and I'm sure he talked about it in those podcasts, and I just didn't retain it because I was more <laughs> just kind of focused on listening to the stuff about plastic. <laughs> too bad they didn't get duke shire on there <laughs> really wanted to get his take on letters um but these covers yeah they're, they're definitely not ones that you could put up on a wall probably without no. getting at, without getting asked some uncomfortable questions probably right yeah i mean you'd have to have Someone's going to be like, why are you so fucking weird? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. like, who, who in their right mind thinks it's okay to put these up on the wall as art? <laughs> the deadhead variants would be the, the five that you'd want to display. Yeah, if you're going to do it. <laughs> because those are stylized and they're pretty fucking cool. Like, yeah. what a neat concept. There's a theme to them, at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean... I think that pretty much covers it, everything with plastic, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a fucking, it's super violent, graphic, crazy fucking twisted story. Like, I mean, we just explained. I mean, if you're if you're into that kind of stuff, fucking check it out. You'll love it. I mean, it's a quick read too. Like, you could blast through this miniseries in like thirty five, forty minutes. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think it, I read it in probably just about that amount of time the other night. I sat down and just read it all in one go, which was, I think the, I think that was the third time I had read it, but it, I feel like I got the most out of it that last time I read it. And then, yeah, I just kind of flipped through it again on my lunch break today at work and, and took notes on it and. It it does seem like it's a little dialogue heavy at points just because Edwin does so much, you know, like talking to everything around yeah. him. Yeah. But but like you were saying earlier, it's a very fast paced story and it all flows together really well and it's fucking excellent. The art the art is very good in it as well. Yeah, it's a it's a similar art in my opinion to uh I mean it's a little bit more detailed um than like nail biter style, but it's a similar style I feel like when I look at it. Yeah. Definitely the way they kind of contrast some of the blood and stuff. I mean, Nailbiter was hard on like the white with the red, but they still did a great job in this comic. And even though there are, like you said, like there's some dialogue heavy points, there's also panels where you get like, you're just getting action. You're not really getting any words. You're just getting action uh, words going on and sound effects. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it flies through quick. I mean, you can blast through three or four pages because there's hardly any words. And then you slow down for a second because there's some more dialogue. But yeah, it's a quick read and it's so enjoyable. Yep. Yep. So this one comes highly recommended, folks. Um, yeah. Go get it. Go check it out. <laughs> get it now. <laughs> any final thoughts, Rod? Um, nope. I think I feel like I said everything I need to say. Right on, man. Well, I appreciate you talking this one with me, and you know you've you've kind of been my rock with comic book stuff. Um, we got through all those nail biter episodes together, doing uh, the comic cast specials, and um, I look forward to to uh, doing a lot of these with you on Starcast too. Um, you know, I wouldn't have made it through all those nail biter ones if I wouldn't have had you there texting me and keeping me stoked to do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I had such a blast doing the nail-biter stuff, and I love the fact that we get to talk comics all the time. And it's cool because, like, a lot of this stuff, like, if you're saying, like, because now that we get to, you want to review trades and stuff, like, some of these trades I either haven't read in a long time or it's it's one that maybe I even haven't read. And I know if you're recommending that I, I like that you want to talk about it, that's going to be good. So it's going to introduce me to some newer ones or just kind of get me back to ones that I haven't read in a while. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to and uh this one was fun too. Like it it was cool talking Paper Girls the other night, but it's also kind of cool to talk one that's just a mini series that you can kind of discuss it like in its entirety. Yeah, there you go. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. So, uh, and the fact that we were current on it and we couldn't really talk too much past <laughs> the first trade. <laughs> um so yeah, may, maybe do like another Maybe we could do another miniseries or something next. Dude, Nemesis. That's what I was just going to say. I can read minds, dude. (laughs) So, yeah, who knows? Maybe Nemesis will be next. So, uh. (laughs) And if you haven't read that, that's Mark Millar and Steve McNiven. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. It's in that Millar world. Check it out. It's a four issue miniseries, and it's got some pretty fucking oh shit moments in it. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. 
So yes, hell yes, we got plans for the future. And um, I know we've been talking a lot of birthright too. At some point, we're going to get into birthright. And that's yeah. going to be awesome. I've I've got um, some uh, potential guests uh, kind of tentatively lined up for that one also. And as soon as the schedules work out for the four of us, we're going to jump into some birthright, and that one's going to be fucking good too. It's Joshua Williamson, so it's it's fucking great. <laughs> Can't go wrong with Joshua Williamson. That guy's fucking awesome. You cannot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and if any if any of our listeners caught us on our nail biter uh, specials on the comic cast on that last issue, you heard me bantying uh, the idea of uh, tweeting at Joshua Williamson <laughs> and asking him some nail biter questions, and I fucking tweeted at him earlier. And as of yet, I haven't heard anything back. <laughs> like, this fucking asshole. <laughs> like, well, let's see. Just, just leave it be. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking Skype way robotic there. It was weird. <laughs> okay. Yep. I just checked Twitter. I have not responded. I've not gotten a response back from Joshua Williamson yet. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> Just keep retweeting him. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I've, I've been waiting all night for this answer. <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> I got a bet going. Oh, I will seriously flip out if he answers that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, you check it, it's going to be and blocked. <laughs> <laughs> like, aw. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, well, this has been a good time, dude. Yeah, dude, this is a good time. (laughs) All right, well, until next time, this has been StarkCast. If you have any questions or comments on what you just heard, you can email me at startcastpod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at the Tubby Ninja, or you can check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash startcastpod. Thank you very much for listening.